0: Everything we know about money, we've probably learned from somebody else. Some of what we've learned has probably been pretty good, and some of it has been, well, not so good. On today's show, I'll talk about the people who have shaped my views on money and finances and how those views have changed as I've aged. Some of those changes may actually surprise you.
1: It's time for the My Retirement Clarity Podcast with Lee Perkins, financial planner and president of JL Perkins Wealth Management. Get ready for a good dose of inspiration, simplicity, implementation, and of course, clarity on how to successfully prepare for retirement and grow and preserve your wealth. Here's Ben George with Lee Perkins. Glad to have you back on My Retirement Clarity. I am Ben George alongside Lee Perkins. He is the owner and financial advisor at JL Perkins Wealth Management. Lee, good to talk to you. How are you?
0: Man, I'm doing very well. Probably not doing as good as you are. <laughs> uh, celebrating another Alabama National Championship, so it's it's all good in your world, right?
1: It is. I didn't tell you. I actually went down to, to the game in Miami. I made the trip. Uh,
0: very cool. Last well, minute. That's awesome, no, None of us other college football fans know what it's like to be an Alabama fan, but I did see a, a great video over the weekend or last week, the SEC shorts type thing that talked oh, yeah. about the struggle that Alabama fans have of buying all their championship <laughs> merchandise. It was really funny.
1: <laughs> I'm sure there's a few Alabama fans in your area, right?
0: There are. There yeah. absolutely. are. Uh, they're offset probably by some Auburn fans. That's so true. Talk, Good mix. We won't talk too much about Auburn fans.
1: No,
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, they're they're everywhere in this area just because college football is really big.
1: Yeah, no question. Yeah, it's been a good week. I'm uh, obviously very blessed and very thankful for what we are able to do, and uh, I try. I just try to enjoy it each and every year because I know it's going to end at some point, and it'll well, cycle yeah. back the other way. And it will.
0: Uh, it's everything cyc- cyclical or cyclical is the correct yep. word there, and I think people are just sort of waiting for uh, Nick Saban to retire, and, and I think nobody thinks that window is going to. Uh, you know, that window for somebody else to step in is going to be, be there until he steps away from the game. But, man, I, I don't see that guy slowing down. I really don't.
1: Yeah, he hasn't yet. It's uh, it's pretty interesting. It well, look, uh, today's show, we got a couple things planned for you today. The main the main focus is going to be on financial knowledge. You know, this this show, we try to provide you with clarity for your retirement and getting you prepared by educating you and, and discussing different topics that uh, Lee works on with clients all the time. But we've got to kind of flip the script a little bit and – learn more about Lee in terms of his financial knowledge and and how he's kind of shaped his view, who he's worked with, who he's learned from, through the years to kind of get to this point. and And hopefully it'll kind of help you out, maybe give you a few extra resources to check out. And if nothing else, kind of give you a better understanding of uh, of Lee and his philosophy and his approach to financial planning. I think it'll be very interesting. And, and maybe pull back the curtain a little bit on you, Lee, and, and learn a little bit more. But, you know, I think we always talk about, we always learn from you quite a bit, but it's I'm kind of curious to see kind of how you got to this point, you know?
0: Yeah, this, this is going to be a fun show. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this just because it's going to be a a little bit different format than we normally do. So, yeah, it's going
1: to be cool. Yeah, we'll have a mailbag question a little bit later on as well, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But I want to get your thoughts quickly on a headline before we jump into our main conversation today. You know, interest rates, we've talked about them for the past year. They've been so low, and, you know, for many people, they're using this as an opportunity to buy a house. It's a great time for it. But on the flip side of that, though, you look at it, home values are also really high. So it's a good time for a lot of people to sell a house. So help me make some sense of this. Which one are we supposed to be doing right now at this point?
0: Well, really, it it depends on what you want to do, you know, in your situation. And I tell you, don't don't do either unless you've got a plan and you've thought through it. So don't just buy a house because interest rates are low. But you may want to consider refinancing. You know, that is certainly a, an option for a lot of people right now. Also, if you've ever thought about downsizing, it may be a good time to sell your house because you might get more money for that house. But remember, on the flip side, the person the person who is selling the house that you want to buy, they're planning to get more for their house too. So there's a lot of different variables and factors to take into consideration when you're when you're thinking about interest rates. I'll share a quick story about what my wife Pam and I are doing right now. As many of you know, we sold our house, you know, the first part of December. Um, we just think it was a good time to sell. And so we finally listed it and it actually sold a day after we listed the house. So we were wow. very, very fortunate there. I know that that's happening more nowadays than it, it has in a while. But anyway, so we are now in the initial phases of, of building a house. We haven't broken ground yet. We're going through plans and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, what we're facing right now is lumber prices are really, really high because of the coronavirus and all of the supply channels and all those kind of things. Lumber is just really, really high. And so the extra money that we made by selling our house in a good market may wind up being offset by the increased cost of lumber. So
1: hmm.
0: nothing is ever easy, but, you know, I just encourage anybody who's thinking about that to just sit down, think through all of the, you know, all of the variables that could impact the entire situation.
1: Yes. Yeah, a very interesting market we're in right now and very unique. Uh, but that's, I mean, I, I think I've heard that story so much from people selling their homes. Um, and we were in the market a couple of years ago now, but I think it's still strong, stronger, maybe a stronger than it was then. It just, it was tough for us trying to buy a home because we had, you know, we immediately would put in an offer. If you didn't do it by that weekend, you were, you know, you were already out of the game but you put in an offer, then you sit back and it's like, oh, the re- the response was, hey, we got multiple offers, so come back with your best and final. It was a yeah. tough process.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's and that's what happened. The people that bought our house, they, they, they actually came to see it the day before they were supposed to see it, <laughs> and I don't think that was by accident, and right. the next morning, the day that we were going to have five people come see our house, we had an offer that was more than we were asking at 7.30 the next morning, so and then we since learned that those people had lost out on a few houses because of that. So yeah, yeah it's uh, definitely a, a, a great uh, time to sell a house.
1: Yeah. Well, good luck to you if you're in the market to buy or sell a home right now. Uh, always work with someone to have a plan, whichever way you're going. And you can always schedule a meeting with Lee if you'd like to. Talkwithlee.com is the website. The website for the podcast, MyRetirementClarity.com, that'll take you to Joe Perkins' wealth as well. A lot of resources there. You can go back and listen to all of our podcasts right there on the site. And also a, a quick note to Leah: a thank you to everybody that's kind of found the podcast recently because we've had a nice, uh, nice little increase, a nice, nice little spike in downloads over the last uh, month or so. So a lot of people finding the show, and 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 we really appreciate that.
0: Yeah, no, it's been been great. Thanks to everybody who's listening to the show and being. Of course, I want to thank you guys. Uh, your team there is awesome and. And trying to polish whatever it is I say and make me sound <laughs> make me sound a whole lot better than I am because I've you know I've always said I've got to. A face for radio and a voice for newspaper. So you guys do a really great job.
1: Uh, you're selling yourself short, but <laughs> listen. And the other thing I want to remind people of too, because a lot of you know, I say that, and a lot of people have taken advantage of your book offer, Lee, that have that have been listening to the podcast here recently. Which it's very simple to do. But the good thing is, you know, there's a lot of great information in this seven steps of diffusing the ticking tax time bomb.
0: Yeah, I mean, anybody who knows me or is who has listened to this podcast for a while, you know that taxes and being prepared for potential tax increases in the future. That is, that's is—that's one of my passions, and it's one of the things that I want all of my clients to do. Uh, I don't want anybody to tip the IRS, and so that's what this <laughs> book is is all, all about. Yeah, if you want to tip the IRS, go right ahead, but I want you to pay only what you owe them. And so that's that's why we did this book. So it's something that we offer free to anybody who's listening to the show, and you can get a copy of it just by texting the word "diffuse" D-U-F-E use diffuse to 474747 just give us a good good mailing address uh, and a name and we will get that out to you as quickly as possible
1: again text diffuse 474747
0: hey there sorry to interrupt the show but i wanted to take just a minute to tell you about a new book i've written called diffuse how to protect your ira or 401k from the irs ticking tax time bomb it's a really easy read and it gives you specific strategies that you can implement right now to be better prepared for increasing taxes. Now, we all know taxes are very likely to increase in the future. And with all the recent stimulus packages, I believe that even more. So I'm making this book available to you, the listener of the show. So here's how you get it. Just text the word "diffuse" to 474747. Give us a good mailing address and we'll send it right out. I'll even pick up the shipping cost. Again, just text the word "diffuse" to 474747 and get your copy today. Now back to the show.
1: And that brings us to what I want to talk with Lee about today is, you know, where how did he get to this point in his journey, right? Who were the influences he's had along the way? What kind of helped shape his financial views and, and helped him kind of develop the strategies he uses with clients day in, day out. So to kind of kick things off, Lee, are there any, you know, we always kind of lean on, I would kiss consider you may be a celebrity financial person that a lot of people, that I know you don't consider it that, but you know, a lot of people might look to you as somebody that they haven't maybe maybe ever met, but they listen to the podcast and and take some advice from some some of the things that you say along the way. Is there anybody maybe in that celebrity realm that we kind of think of, you know, it's a big personality in the the industry that you maybe picked up on through the years?
0: Yeah, I, I would say probably Clark Howard was my first I guess you could say it, my first celebrity financial crush. (laughs) You know, I remember my parents listening to his radio show when I was in my twenties and, and I even bought his book. I think it was called the Clark Howard big book of bargains. And so for me, it was really sort of a, a beginner's guide to money at a time in my life where I really didn't have any. And so I really kind of learned to live on the cheap. And so that's, that's really kind of Clark Howard's whole angle. Um, After that, it was definitely Dave Ramsey. Um, Honestly, I give Dave a lot of credit for why I got into this business, Uh, and many people have heard that story. You know, back in you know my late twenties, I had a job where we listened to the radio every day, and so I listened to the Dave Ramsey show every afternoon. And so it got to a point to where he would take a call from from a listener, and they would ask a question, and and I could answer the question before Dave did, because I'd heard him a hundred times. So I, I got to thinking, man, I could I could probably do this for a living. I quickly learned that I, I could not possibly make a living helping broke people get out of debt. Um, I learned that Dave Ramsey is a financial marketer. He is not a financial advisor, but he's extremely good at marketing his products and services. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I give Dave a lot of credit. I've even taught his Financial Peace University course at our church on a couple of occasions a few years back. So that's probably, you know, Dave Ramsey and Clark Howard. those those are probably the two uh, financial celebrities that I've, I've used, uh, listened to in the past.
1: I know a lot of people are probably in the same boat as me, but, you know, one of the best gifts I got was Dave Ramsey's book, the total money makeover is a wedding gift. And, and you know, I read through it and I'd been okay with finances and it wasn't like an awful shape, but it definitely kind of opened my eyes to, man, I could be doing so much better and kind of applied a lot of those principles. I didn't, I didn't kind of follow the entire process, but you know, just paying down debt and just getting rid of that, that credit card debt was done the first thing that I prioritized. So that's, you know, that's such a very helpful book and, and a great yeah. gift. So if anybody's looking for one, that's one I'd recommend, but is there any other books you can think of that have really kind of shaped you?
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with you. The Total Money Makeover is, it is, to me, the number one financial book that you can read as far as how to get out of debt. And it, it really shaped my overall view on money, uh, how to have control over money rather than letting it control you. Uh, but outside of that, I would probably say, you know, the Millionaire, De- the Millionaire Next Door. That book for me, it really sort of helped me break down some early misconceptions that I had about what I thought rich people were. You know, a lot of people think that that people get rich by having a high-profile job, you know, like a, a doctor or a lawyer, or maybe they just uh, inherit, you know, a big pile of money. Now, now being older, I know that's not always the case. There are people actually out there right now who, who have very average paying jobs, and they do something that is unheard of nowadays, and that's they save more money than they spend. And so by doing so, they become millionaires. And so that book sort of talks a lot about that that process. And, you know, I've got a lot of clients now who are millionaires, but if you saw them at, at the grocery store or, you know, in the parking lot and looked at their car, you, you would never know it. But, of course, on the flip side, there's a lot of people out there who, who drive fancy cars. They live in a, a big, huge house, and they've got all the toys. So they really look the part on the outside, but they're broke you know they just really are so you can't judge a book by its cover
1: that's a good one because I think you know we don't we don't romanticize the process of, of uh, saving that wealth right it's we, we look at the the big shiny things but you know it, there's a lot of people that just work hard and, and follow that that process long term and eventually get there but we don't really don't really think about that as much so that is a great book to kind of give yeah, you some perspective yeah. on on life. What about your parents uh, or any other family members? Did they influence you very much uh, and teach you about money and investing?
0: Oh, absolutely. My parents had a, you know, they had a huge impact on me financially. They both had really good jobs and worked for their companies, you know, for a long time. Another thing that's sort of unheard of nowadays, my dad retired from Southern Bell, I think it was Southern Bell, then became Bell South and then AT&T. He worked there for a little over 30 years and my mom worked for Georgia Power for a long time as well. They did okay, but they weren't rich. I mean, they had good jobs, but I know as as kids, my brother and I, we never did, you know, without anything. Uh, We both went to private schools here in Macon, and and I remember watching my mom write a check. You know, this was back when you wrote checks. She wrote a check for $246 to Monroe Academy, and that was a school that my brother and I went to at the time, and I, I don't, I don't remember if that was for one kid for two kids, but I remember her telling me how much money that was. And of course, you know now with what private schools cost today, you know I would love to pay two hundred forty-six dollars <laughs> to send my kids there. But yeah. you know my parents—they uh, sacrificed along the way, and, and I didn't—I didn't know it at the time because I didn't feel it. But now looking back, I certainly know it because you know my parents were able to retire early. Dad retired at. 55. And I think my mom retired at about 56. And so you don't, you don't get to do that without sacrificing and, and doing without along the way. And so now they're reaping those benefits. They, they do whatever they want in retirement because they sacrificed and planned accordingly. And they're, they're certainly not rich, but the one thing they, they don't have that really helps and gives them a lot of flexibility
1: is they don't have any debt.
0: So that's, that's a great, a great way to give yourself options in retirement.
1: Mm-hmm. What about other relationships that you that you have right now? Do they you know currently in, in the present, do they help shape the way you think and feel about money as well?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I mean I can take a look around you know at, at people that I know that struggle with with money and a lot of times I can look at their you know I can look at their parents, the situations that they came from and I can see that those struggles have just been handed down. Not always, there's certainly some folks that do things differently than their parents did, both good and bad, but you generally tend to, to do what those around you do when it comes to money. You know, one of the one of the challenges that I have right now is trying to teach my kids the value of, of money. Because uh, honestly, man, they really don't have a clue. We spoil our kids, uh, you know, some of my peers and friends, we talk about it. We're like, our kids just, they don't have a clue. And I'm sure, thinking back, my parents said the same thing about us. But I think my kids will figure it out as they get a little bit older. But the one thing that they've seen from from me, hopefully, is that you've, you've got to work. And like you said earlier, you've got to put in the work, sacrifice along the way if you want to be successful. It doesn't just happen. It's not that you got to work a 70- or 80-hour-a-week job, but you've got to put in the work to get the results financially that, that you want. And one of the things I'm trying to teach my son right now, because he, he keeps asking me about, you know, how much money do you make or how much money should I make? And, and it's a, a little challenging conversation right now because he's looking at it just from a dollars and cents standpoint. And and if I tell him right now, man, don't just work so you can make X amount of money. Work doing something that you love doing. And, you know, as a 17-year-old right now, he doesn't quite see that.
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you learn that along the way, for sure. I like that, surround yourself with people that uh, can really have a positive influence on you. And it's no different with money. You think about that with other things in life, but also money as well, That's, that's really important.
0: Hey there, sorry to interrupt the show, but I wanted to take just a minute to tell you about a new book I've written called Diffuse, How to Protect Your IRA or 401k from the IRS Ticking Tax Time Bomb. It's a really easy read and it gives you specific strategies that you can implement Right now, to be better prepared for increasing taxes. Now, we all know taxes are very likely to increase in the future, and with all the recent stimulus packages, I believe that even more. So, I'm making this book available to you, the listener of this show. So, here's how you get it just text the word diffuse to 474747. Give us a good mailing address and we'll send it right out. I'll even pick up the shipping cost. Again, just text the word diffuse. To forty-seven, forty-seven, forty-seven. Get your copy today. Now back to the show.
1: What roles has age played, uh, in how you view money and investing? You know, as you've gotten older, have you changed your views at all on on how money matters, or you know, does it just kind of back up your original thoughts that you've always kind of felt?
0: Yeah, no, that's that's a really good question. Uh, if you don't mind, I'm going to tackle the money, my thoughts on money, and then the thoughts on investing. Yeah, separately from a you know my how my view of money has changed from when I was younger you know back back then I listened to Dave Ramsey and Clark Howard and and it was a gospel um you know 25 years ago when Clark told me that that price was the only thing that mattered I really believed it now I've I've come to learn that you get what you pay for certainly you know I don't want to get ripped off on anything but I I, I certainly think that we we all reach a point in our lives where we're probably okay with paying a little bit more for things. This is a story that I've shared before. About a year ago, my wife was cooking, and, and she was she made sloppy joes. So I sat down to eat, and I noticed that the bread had little chunks plucked out of it. And I'm, I said, what is this? And she told me that she pulled off a little bit of mold. And she said they always did this in her family growing up, and the bread didn't taste any different. And I, I told her, I was like, I I have reached a point in my life financially that I do not have to eat moldy (laughs) bread anymore. So I scrape my sloppy Joe's off the bread and I eat just the, that meat covered ketchup. And, uh, yeah, so I'm. I'm not eating moldy bread anymore.
1: That's funny. You um, know what? It's funny because my parents were the same way. Like, they would just say, hey, you know, you pull that off. It's the same bread. Like, it doesn't taste any different. Just eat it. And I've always just kind of lived that way. Like, I, until I got married and my wife looked at things different, as soon as one piece of oh, yeah. mold popped up there, the whole thing was gone.
0: The whole, yeah. I'm just <laughs> chunking in the trash. I'll, I'll I'll, spend the $2 and go get another loaf of bread. It just tastes medicine So, for me, I, I could taste the difference, even though right. Pam said that she couldn't. So, you know, there's also a lot of things that I've learned, you know, that Dave Ramsey used to say or still says that I just completely don't agree with. I, I think they're wrong. But what I have to remember is he is not a financial advisor. He is a financial entertainer giving generic advice to masses of people listening to his radio show. And sometimes I think his advice is reckless. I just think, hmm. you know, there's a lot of things that he tells his clients to do that if I told my clients to do, I'd probably lose my license over. So, you know, I, honestly, I wish he would just help people get out of debt because that's what he's really, really good at. So now the second part of what you asked me was how my views on investing have changed. And, and there have been some really big changes here. Early on, I bought, you know, I bought a lot of books on investing and they all seemed to to be about, you know, how you could beat Wall Street or how you could kind of you know, do enough research or develop some type of proprietary method that you could actually figure out what the market was going to do ahead of time. And then you could act accordingly. And, and that that's kind of what they were pushing. And there's a ton of folks that still believe that, but I certainly don't because I don't believe that markets can be timed. Uh, I, I personally just think it's more important to have a very well-diversified strategy that's got a, you know, a variety of stocks and equities and bonds and cash And then make sure that portfolio is rebalanced, you know, on a consistent basis. And you got to be very disciplined about that. And so, you know, this idea of people wanting to jump in and out of the market while they are retired, it drives me absolutely Hmm. crazy. And I've told you before that I've got a a crystal ball in my conference room. Um, I refer to this a lot of times in meetings just to remind people that my crystal ball doesn't work and neither does Hmm. anybody else's. And so... You know, for anybody listening out there today, if somebody tells you they can predict what the stock market is going to do, that they're lying to you. It can't be done.
1: Yeah, no question. All right, a couple other things I want to ask you before we uh, get to our mailbag. You know, right now we're in this age where there's, you know, the technology is wonderful to an extent, right? And, it, and you can find anything you want to at a press of a button. I mean, you can, you can invest, as you're saying. You can get in and out of the market by just a press of a button on your cell phone, wherever you are in the world. I mean, it's crazy. How you can change your entire, you know, your life savings or your investment, you know, any your portfolio can change in a matter of minutes. What do you think about these advancements in technology? Is it helping us or is it hurting our financial literacy?
0: Well, it it's definitely a double edged sword. Um, obviously, the good part is that people have access to every piece of information that is out there with the internet, so people are way more informed than at any other time in history. However, knowing that information and being able to competently apply it to your situation for the ideal outcome that's a completely different ball game and so this is why i love what i do sure i've got some clients who google things all the time and they send it to me and and ask me questions and sometimes those questions sort of come out of left field and they don't really make any sense and that's because a lot of times they don't have the proper context for what they're asking you know my my clients trust us and they they value our knowledge and what we do because we can take you know, we try to take the complex financial matters and and apply them to their situation in a way that that makes sense. So, yeah, even though our clients are, you know, sometimes they they will Google and say, "Hey, what about this or what about that?" They're rely ultimately they're relying on us to to translate and apply for them.
1: Yeah, I got you. Uh, all right, last thing. You know, we live in this world where we're there's access to a lot of. You know, politicians and economists. We can kind of get everybody's view, like with the technology. You know, whenever we want to, we can look around, research, find people. When you when you do this and you discover new people or you follow people, is there anyone that's you know whose advice or maybe their policy that you've come across that you really respect and follow?
0: Yeah. All right. Are you trying to get me to tell you which? (laughs) politician vote, a lot. You try to make you half you vote my for listeners early. mad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think anybody that, that knows me kind of know where I stand on that. You know, I, I'm a capitalist, which means I'm for a, a free market economy, but certainly I do want us to put the United States first. You know, I want less governmental control of our individual freedoms. Uh, there's, there's a reason that people risk their lives to get into this country and that's because we live in the greatest country in the world, and there's, there's opportunity for everybody. So there's not really an economist or a politician that I kind of, you know, I'm following every single day and kind of hanging on their every word. I just want us to all have the ability and the freedom to go out and do, do what they want to do. You know, if somebody wants to have a great retirement, they can have it. Like we said, they just have to work hard for it and plan ahead, really just like my parents did.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no question. Well, I appreciate all you, you sharing everything Lee and and kind of telling us a little bit about your background and, and how you got to this point in your your financial life. And uh, it's very interesting and we appreciate it. And hopefully, you know, maybe some people picked up a thing or two to to maybe research a book or two or, or a person to check out along the way. But either way, if you want to get to know Lee a little bit more or find out, you know, how he applies these things to his clients and their financial strategy, you can schedule a meeting with him right now at talkwithlee.com. Very simple, talkwithlee.com. You can also find him online, myretirementclarity.com there you're going to find all the resources he has available to you along with the podcast all of our podcasts are up on the website as well there it's time for the mailbag we want to hear from you all right let's uh, let's take a mailbag question before we close it out and we, you know, we've gotten as i mentioned with a number of people listening to the show recently we have gotten a, a few questions into the show so wanted to take a second to answer one. And again, if you ever have a question that you'd like us to answer, you can connect with us on MyRetirementClarity.com and send it in there. There's a contact link you can do. You can access to, to send it to us. But we got a question from Ron. He is in Warner Robins. Says, I'm anticipating a market crash any day now. So I have about half of my IRA in cash. That means I have about 350000 that's not really making any money. So I don't want to just leave it there for too long. How long should I wait before I reinvest it?
0: Ron, that's a great question. I appreciate you sending that question in. I would like you to just go back, go back about five minutes into this podcast and listen to my advice that I think addresses your question. My philosophy is, man, you, you can't time the market. There is, there's no such thing as a working crystal ball. And so what it sounds like you're doing is having some money in cash and you're not really you know, you're asking how long you should wait before you reinvest it. Now, if you're looking for a buying opportunity, I don't know if you're a stock-type person, You know that, that's something differently. But if, if you're retired and still trying to play the stock market game, man, I would encourage you to, to probably not do that and have somebody manage that for you because if you're trying to guess when to get in and get out, uh, over the long haul, you're probably going to do more damage than, than good. And, and you say you're, you're anticipating a stock market crash any day now. I've heard that almost every single day (laughs) since the election, and I'll probably continue to hear it for the next four years. So don't try to time the market, Ron.
1: Yeah, and you probably even heard it long before that because we were in a a bull market for quite a while. Oh,
0: absolutely. I hear it all the time, all the time. Yeah.
1: Well, thanks for that question, Ron. We appreciate it. Again, if you have something, you can send it in to us myretirementclarity.com is the website, or you can talk with Lee directly at talkwithlee.com. Very simple and easy to do so. But we appreciate everybody listening. And again, as a reminder, if if you haven't taken advantage of Lee's book offer for the Ticking Tax Time Bomb book, go ahead and do so. Right, Lee?
0: You got it. Text the word "diffuse" to 474747. We'll get a copy out to you today.
1: We appreciate you listening to this episode of My Retirement Clarity. You can hit subscribe. You'll have the next one delivered, too. We've got a new episode every couple of weeks. We'll look forward to talking to you again then. Lee, thanks for the time today. Really enjoyed kind of learning more about your background.
0: Thanks, man. It's a good show today. I appreciate it.